You're listening to All Ears with Somewhere Soul. Welcome to episode five of the All Ears podcast. I'm Josh Mason. Today I'll be talking to Pink Bird recording studio founder Rick David. Throughout the course of the episode, we'll cover what it's like to build a recording studio from scratch, working with some of the industry's most exciting talents and his plans for the future of the studio. Rick, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Hello. How are you? Thanks for making the journey. (laughs) (laughs) It was a difficult one, I must admit. (laughs) How are you? How's uh, how's your week been? It's been great. Um, Just doing a bit of mixing and mastering here and there. Um, It's been pretty crazy up until this week, so it's, it's nice to have a little bit of a chilled week so far yeah. even though it's you know still mm-hmm. working and everything but yeah nice yeah because um i think it was the comedy episode we recorded and i arrived at the studio and your kid was like running around the garden playing football and then we stepped into the studio and i was like wow this is such an amazing setup your what i assume is working your passion like you've got your passion job <laughs> yes. and then having your family around you it's pretty surreal yeah, yeah absolutely um don't have to go far for work, so um, it's the, there's definitely a positive to that, and there's some downsides too. But um, having my son so close is is great. I can always pop in and see him if there's any breaks, or you know, it's just nice to be around. It's yeah, it's yeah. kind of a nice. Yeah. So the main topic of the podcast is obviously creating a music studio from scratch. Um, but I thought it'd be nice to start off with just your childhood and your early relationship with music and sound um what were your sort of earliest memories and experiences with music i think the earliest um uh encounters with music were through my dad and um he used to play music all the time in the car and uh, a lot a lot of the music was stuff that i you know wouldn't hear again today but the majority was the beatles and i think that really had an effect on the way i hear harmony and it's just it just had a profound effect to me. I've I've always felt like very naturally um, inclined to to go towards harmony rather than like lead lines a lot of the time mm-hmm. as a singer. Um, so the first thing I did was like performers um, as like three year old at my nursery school um, in front of the whole school, and um, there's like a, a an old song from like the 1920s, and it just went really well, and all the all the parents really loved it. And I I don't really remember it, but I just remember having a good time and enjoying the singing and I haven't really stopped since then really. Mm. Always felt very naturally. So inclined. in so in like secondary school, you were taking music? Yeah, I did music, I did uh, drum lessons and I did some singing lessons, but the majority was drum lessons mm-hmm. and um as a drummer as well. So and I was in uh I was performing with people in my school, like classmates and things like that. So I was always surrounded. I loved it the most. I, I was just always surrounded by music and we had our own little sort of crew in school. It was like sports guys, <clears throat> excuse me, um, the musical, musical guys like us and then like other people as well. But yeah, it was like a, it was like a group of people, which was really fun. That's nice that yeah. they mixed. Mm. I know in my experience, it was music people yeah. did not hang around with the sporty people. Yeah, they exactly. Were completely yeah. separate. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. And then, so after secondary school... After secondary school, um, I went to drumming college, actually, in oh, West nice. London, um, which was, yeah, it was, it was eye-opening, but I don't feel like it was ever that um, beneficial to me because it was, like, in a classroom setting. And so, like, things that you needed to learn in terms of skills, like, one-on-one, it weren't so 
wasn't so great for that. So mm. I, it was it was good while it lasted, and it was a it was a different experience. But um, I had private lessons later on with a, a guy called Bob Armstrong, and that was way better than than oh, what okay. I was doing in, <clears throat> in, in drum college. Um, but then I went to um, I did a bit of work for a while. I was working in television, making um, stages for things like X Factor. No way. And generally, actually, music shows, which is quite interesting. Um, but um, and that was really fun and, and a different side of it. But I really wanted to do music, so I went to study at a place called Alchemia, which is where I learned um, all the audio engineering and the post production stuff. And so, what, what did you study there? Uh, everything. Just it's, everything. <laughs> it's an. Inc- it was an incredibly um, intense course. Um, it was. A, it was a nine month course. So, what you would normally learn in a in a three year sort of degree, it was packed into nine months. Wow. Um, so it was an incredibly intense experience and, um, like the studios were open 24 hours and you would actually sleep on the floor. Um, it was, it was very similar to the reality, which is why it was so good, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and what was that you say? Alchemia? Alchemia, yeah. It was, a, Where's it was that? um, it was in Islington, okay. just off of, um, Essex Road. Um, it closed down recently, unfortunately, but, um, there are like new iterations of it around but it was just an amazing place and the the um tutors were really amazing and taught me so much so i owe a lot of everything that i know to them and the intensity of it was such a um an important factor of that so like for instance if you had to do particular modules like coursework and get the, the coursework done you'd have to book the studios within time slots ranging from like 10 at night to six in the morning so, yeah. Jesus. And that is very realistic. Sometimes I finish in here seven, eight in the morning. Really? Um, yeah, oftentimes. So sleep is a bit of a, you know, weird thing for me, but um, it's kind of what it's like. And you, you kind of get used to it, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah. And uh, you study everything from like advanced physics, um, acoustics, um, equipment, signal flow, there's so there's just so much it's just so dense and um you could do a master in any one of the subjects that you learn in it so it's it's incredible how much you manage to learn in that amount of time really yeah and what sort of were you harboring any career ambitions at this point or you just wanted to sort of learn as much well, as possible i think um everyone does everyone who's like interested in kind of recording does a little bit before they know what they're doing and i was kind of doing that as a bit of fun with a few people here and there singers or bands um but I think uh career-wise I didn't really know what I wanted I know that there were a few there were a few options when it comes to when you finish and you know what you know from the from the um, education side you kind of have to go down a route of um applying for a job in a studio and seeing whether you get the job and if you do then you're sort of working minimum wage and possibly for free for two or three years. Um, and I know um, engineers that have done that and actually are in a really good position now. And I'm really happy for them, but I didn't really want to take that route. Mm-hmm. So I started building up equipment and um, all the things I might need as much as I could with the budget I had bit by bit. Mm-hmm. So when it came down to like building Pink Bird, it was a lot easier than just doing it all at once. So there wasn't a sort of light bulb moment where you were like, I'm going to build a music studio. It definitely was. It was. Yeah. It was definitely like, I'm not doing what other people want me to do. I want to have control of what I'm doing. 
who I'm working with. Like I wanted to put my passion into music and the musicians I work with. So there definitely was that. And really, I, I was so grateful that there was. <laughs> it's just like, it's, yeah. It's and amazing. was it like a seed was planted and you sort of, it was there and you knew you wanted to do that? Or was it a case of, right, I'm going to do this and you just sort of set about it? Um, I suppose the seed was always there. So I suppose you could say that. But it was a determination that I wanted to follow through. Um, and it did, you know, it was something that I knew that would take a while. I didn't really realize how long it would take. And in the end, I think I, I spent maybe a year building the studio. A year. Um, yeah, because it was just me and a builder who had, he had like limited experience building studios, but... Um, where'd you start? Where'd you, where'd you sort of start with <laughs> building a music studio? What's the... I think it's always quite different. Um, but in my case, it was with the, the knowledge that I picked up from my college days. And, um, you know, it was in terms of what I know now, it was very little, but um, I just sort of went for it, really, and started from scratch. I, I was dealing with the existing structure of the studio, mm-hmm. um, which in hindsight, I wish that um, I'd have started from scratch, like leveled the whole building. Oh, really? Yeah, it, would just, it just would have been quicker to do that rather than encounter issues and then fix them. Um, so the building was already here. Yeah. You had to turn it into... Yeah, I had to adjust it and yeah. adapt it to what it was eventually going to be used for. So, um, But it, it, for instance, like the walls, the actual perimeter of the studio, there's a separate um, concrete foundation now, which we had to lay with the structure around the building. And because there's it's a residential area, we had to build it within a space of about a, f- a foot wide. So it was incredibly difficult and it would have taken maybe a day to do a structure and then build another wall inside that but it took us over a week to do mm-hmm. the whole lot and that was just one side and we did it around the entire perimeter <laughs> so it was incredibly difficult I actually lost like a lot of the feeling in my left leg because of all the cement mixing and yeah. uh, taking these you know really like the densest concrete blocks that you could find down a gap like this big and and then laying them and making sure that everything was straight and still having the the space between that and the existing structure the soundproofing. Mm. I guess as a sound engineer, are you a perfectionist, would you say? Um, I think they kind of feed into each other. I'm definitely, yeah, te- I have the, um, I suppose, obsessive uh, tendencies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I like things to be straight and yeah. I like things to be, yeah, I do like things to be perfect. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. But they do, they do feed into each other. I think that, and on many sides as well, not just like with, the studio side, but also the editing side. And um, I really enjoy editing, whereas a lot of people just can't even stand it. So really? it's one of the things that I I love about it. I love finding solutions to certain things. So mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, so you said it took a year. What were you doing in that year other than obviously building the studio for like work and things like that? Um, well, I, at the time I was working um, in retail to sort of fund it really. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working at John Lewis in Oxford Street. So I was there for, I think, in total like six years. So it was, yeah, it did. I had to quit John Lewis essentially to to be able to do this properly. And because it was, John Lewis was taking up so much of my time, I wasn't able to really concentrate on this. So um, there was that. And then it was just sort of figuring out where to go and where to start. And um, there, there was already like a basic sort of, it was one room essentially with a couple of partitions mm-hmm. through the middle. Um, and so 
it was just deciding how to to be the least destructive and uh, as possible, but also figuring out where to start. So, mm. in terms of figuring out the right acoustics, is that mm. something you had to sort of learn as you went along, or was it something you'd um, sort of acquired the knowledge for during your course? It was a bit of both. I had a basic knowledge of just through studying and. I knew that it was a lot more complex than I knew, uh, than what I'd learned anyway. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a bit of both. But now I know so much. If I, if I was to do it again, it would be, I think it would be an entirely different process, a mm-hmm. lot quicker. Um, maybe I'd use different materials, um, different layout, essentially, some things like that. Yeah. But there's things I, I you know, I'm so happy with the way it's turned out and um, it's, it's, quite surreal still I still look around I'm just like this is absolutely insane that I managed to do this with just one other guy and uh, yeah, yeah. what was it like when when you finished because it's not like when you I don't know you build a bar and you have an opening party do you know what I mean what yeah. was what did you well it when was, did you know you were finished and what was that sort of feeling like after like a, a year of like such hard work well I still feel like I've, I haven't finished it really I'd still like to do some more to it. I'd still look to adjust certain things. It's just finding the time. I've been so busy with artists um, that I haven't really, it's not really, doesn't feel right to do things while things are going so well. So kind of just like left things the way they are. But I think at the end of the process, it was a bit like, oh, it just kind of felt a bit, you know, like what, what now? What do I do now? Because mm. it was so crazy. Yeah. Getting it built. Um like I know every, that, I know that feeling were. as well. I know that feeling when when you're putting on an event or something and yeah. the whole like two weeks up to it is is so all consuming that when you then don't have that in your life it you you feel sort of a bit flat. It's quite strange. Yeah, it's a bit like um going on holiday for a couple of weeks and coming back and you and just you just feel weird. It's like a kind of a depression almost. Yeah. You just I don't know. It it was like that really. But then the um the hard work really began and um went went from there really. And why Pink Bird? Because um, <laughs> it's such a good, it's like such a good catchy name and obviously the branding I think is really on, on point. Thank you. Um, I chose Pink Bird, basically I wanted to call it Flamingo Studios mm-hmm. and I was looking for like ways to call it Flamingo because Flaming, flamingo, Flamenco is essentially a dance. So there are, there are tons of studios out there, but albeit dance studios called Flamingo Studios, oh, okay, essentially. Yeah. So, um, and I was like looking at finding ways of saying Flamingo in different languages, and it's <laughs> pretty much the same in any language I discovered, uh, even in Japanese. So they say it's like a phonetic almost version of it. It's like Foramingo. So it just sounds a bit like, it'd be a bit wrong for me to call it that. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, I can't just like, it essentially sound like I was making fun when I wasn't, but... Um, and I was really struggling with it. And I had a, I went for, I think I went for lunch with my friend. And he said to me, why don't you just become a bit more literal with it and just call it Pink Bird? I was like, great. We just landed in my lap like that. Just like having a chat with yeah, yeah. my best mate about it. And that's where I went from there. Pink Bird. And I still had my um, affiliation with Flamingos. And, <laughs> um, and that's all that really mattered to me. Yeah, you went through a stage of yeah. sort of branding... Yeah, I, th- I think... The uh, office. Quite subtly, <laughs> though. You haven't gone... It could have been easy for you to go overboard with yeah. pink and yeah, birds. Yeah, yeah. No, you, it's, you've been quite subtle with it. <laughs> I tried to be tasteful as possible. Yeah. Um, I think that the imagery in my head sort of arrived from um, 
listening to George Michael mm-hmm. or like Wham essentially like Club Tropicana I was yeah, like listening yeah. to that and just like visualizing the neon and and just like feeling the the really nice vibes from those like that song essentially mm. and that's kind of where it arrived from and then yeah came to where yeah. it is now nice and then <laughs> so. obviously acoustics are one thing but how about the the sort of interior and the the design and the sort of mood you wanted to create because I love doing podcasts here because it, it feels to me really, really homely. You've got like nice rugs and all the chairs are really comfy and stuff and it's just a nice, chilled sort of atmosphere. Is mm. that something you planned or did that just sort of fall into place? It was kind of planned, but it, was, it wasn't like it was an effort. It, I built the, the studio from a perspective of, of a musician, from myself. Like what would I want? Mm. How would I want to feel? And I think that's a, a massive difference between this studio and and you know big corporate studios where the time limit is you know it's all about the timing and there's someone keeping a schedule and it's not so relaxed and you don't feel when you're in these big studios like it's somewhere where you can belong um and so that was a, a big thing for me just wanting because I knew I was going to spend a lot of time here essentially um so how would I prefer that for myself mm. and um luckily my perspective is that of a musician as well so it just kind of Hand out well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how did you sort of put yourself on the on the map? Was there how what was the period like between completing the studio or having it ready to roll with and like working with the f- sort of first artist or do you do you remember those early days when I do remember, yeah. It's it's kind of it's a little bit vague now, but I do remember um the majority of it. Um and it was it was quite quick, actually, looking back. It's I think at the time it's you're so apprehensive about something working out. You can feel like a long time, but in relative te- in relative terms, it was only like a couple of months. Mm. So, um, but it was essentially through working with um, artists that I've already worked with, like Barney Artist. He's basically the reason why that things have worked out so well, and I owe so much to him. So, so you knew him before? Yeah, I was working with Barney for about a year and a bit before okay. that. Um, and in the previous iteration of the studio, um, before I wanted to make it professional, essentially. So, um, yeah, it was through him, and he really helped me. Like, it wasn't like an effort, but just for him being here and bringing people down and just getting to see the studio and enjoying the space, and that's kind of how it happened. It, yeah. was, it wasn't it wasn't purposeful. It wasn't. It was just natural. So it's just all what, just or, or completely organic. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, really organic and um, I prefer things like that. I never really, that's the kind of person I am. I kind of look at things and I, I let things unfold over time. Mm-hmm. And Nice. Yeah. And what's your sort of daily, do you have a daily routine? What's sort of taught me through a, a week in in the life of you at Pink Bird? Oh. I know you said sometimes you're up till like seven. Yeah, those morning. are more rare nowadays because I, <laughs> yeah. try, I try and avoid that. Because it isn't healthy, especially now I've got a son. Mm-hmm. He wakes up around that time anyway, so having zero sleep is definitely not good for you. Um, but yeah, I think it varies from time to time. It depends on what is necessarily needed to, uh, to be done. But working with bands, it ten- people tend to arrive around 11-ish, 10, 10 or 11, um, bring all the equipment in, set up. Um, and that can take quite a while before you're even ready to record. Um, because it's really important to get like things like mic placements sorted or um, EQing things, to, you know, get things sounding nice at the source before they actually lay down onto, onto tape. Um, 
but that's like, you know, working with bands. It could, it varies for me. If I was doing mixing, I come down and I set up a session and just work all day, essentially. Sometimes I forget to have lunch and things like that. So, um, and what do you it, do the most of? I'd say we do we do such a wide array of things. Um, we've been doing a lot of in-house production as well mm. with bands. So at the moment, the, the majority of what's been happening is recording and, and producing for bands or artists and actually like bringing, bringing things to their peak, if that makes sense, in, in terms of, like for instance, now everything's coming out. All the stuff that I've been working on with different musicians and bands has all started to come out. It's kind of interesting seeing this kind of wave of production and pr- productiveness to, oh, it's come out now. And it's a similar thing with, with Barney, for instance, where the album was um, produced and, and made over you know, a period of a year or so. Um, nearly two, well, it was basically two years, but really? I had a, we had the baby, so it took a bit of time oh, out, of the, okay, yeah. out of the schedule. Um, and then, um, and then it was released, like, and it's like, it's, it's just like a weird wave that seems to happen. And it's, uh, it's hard to sort of keep track of everything, but. So you said it took about two years for Barney's album. How did, how, what was the sort of relationship between the two of you for those two years? Did he come to you and say, I'm, I'm going to record an album. I want to do it here, or was it like songs created over time that slotted into place? Barney's very well was always really reluctant to call something an album, um, and I think we've had like a few projects. Well, there's a few now, but the two previous projects before that were were album length essentially, but weren't mm. actually called an album. So I think I never really would say or pressure him into saying like, "Oh, it's an album," but he really wanted to call this. I think he was in a position, you know, in his mind about it to call it an album. So, um, yeah, it took it took a little while, but I think the the process is normally like he he he's normally sent beats and things like that, and he like forms an an image or a concept in his mind, and then we do a lot of the recording, everything that we can here, and then we mix it and master it all. Mm. And what's that like for you to then for it to then be released into the it's amazing. The world. It's, it's really amazing. Um, I enjoy it immensely. Um, I wish I could do it more often. It's just like when you have that much work, it's it's a real um, endeavor. To, it's I mean, it seems silly, but it's a it's a serious amount of work to produce an album. Mm. Um, so, but yeah, I really love it. I love I love seeing that. It's still I still feel like Barney does where it's a bit surreal. It's like actually it's out and people are listening to it, whereas it's been. Yeah, have you been keeping tabs on the sort of feedback and stuff? Yeah, well, I I know there's nothing negative said about it. Mm. Absolutely. Um, because it's just so amazing. It's such a nuts concept. It's really empowering for the concept of what it's about. And um, I'm just immensely proud of him. He's amazing. Yeah. As an artist. Yeah, I'm a big, big things, I reckon, for... Yeah, onwards, onwards. onwards. Yeah, definitely off the back of this album. Yeah, certainly. Um, We're looking forward to the future, and we've you know we're already thinking about things again, which is that I think that's what's lovely about the the releasing side of it is that oh okay we can start again now and we can choose to do different things and we can choose to feel different ways Mm. and I think that's what's so amazing you can recreate yourself again and again. Yeah, yeah. And what are some other artists you've 
had the pleasure of working with Pink Bird, or I know it's probably a long, long list, but any mm. any sort of highlights or memorable sessions? That... Oh, there's been loads. There's been so many. Um, I think uh, recording Antiphon mm. um, by Alpha Mist here was probably one of the best things that ever happened, um, just because it was just such an effortless situation. It was just rehearse for a couple of days, record for a couple of days, and it was it. And it was just like amazing. How well, they live takes? They were all live takes, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, there was a couple of bits um, added afterwards, but it wasn't like, it was like stuff that we didn't do at the time. So uh, it was still essentially recorded live. The entire album was recorded live, so. Did you have any um, sort of idea that it would do so well? Uh, I don't think either of us did. Yeah. I've always been a huge fan of Arthur. I think he's an absolute genius. He is an absolute genius. Um, And... uh, I knew that I would enjoy recording it and that's all that mattered to me. So, yeah, I didn't really think about whether, you know, it would do well or not. But mm. the fact it did do so well is just so nice. Yeah, and, really um, nice to see a release like that just yeah, take off. just blow up, absolutely go. And um, it enables Alpha to do that again, essentially. It makes it, makes it easy for him to, to do it more. And I think that's a great thing for the world. Mm. Absolutely, and nice for someone who is openly like quite introverted and not massive on social media. Mm. They're just yeah, just making great, literally insane, making... insanely good music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, none of that really matters to him. So um, I think a, a lot of artists feel that way. You know, they're they're really fancy doing the social media side, but you still need to represent yourself in that kind of world. Mm. And I think he he struck the balance where he doesn't really need to do too much and people really respect who he is as an artist, as a musician, and people go and see him because it's just an, mm. an amazing experience. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, because I saw you at um, Barney's last yeah. show yeah. in Oslo. Oslo. Yeah. 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 Is that the first time you've seen him live? You've seen him live a bunch of times now, I guess you've... I actually used to sing with Barney. Oh, of course, because you sang on the track on the album, which... A lot of people probably yeah. won't have realised which track is it. Something true, something true, yeah. yeah. And I'm also singing on um, the majority of the tracks, really. Really, even if it's like not as a as like a feature type thing, but it's like um, I do a lot of BBs for most of the tracks, so it's about time I'm singing on. Um, yeah, quite a few. Pretty handy having <laughs> an in-house <laughs> having yeah. the. I like, studio owner and sound engineer, also an in-house vocalist. Yeah. It tends to happen a lot. It's, it's you know, I'm not going to lie. The majority of the people I work with end up asking me to sing or or drum on their music, which yeah. is always really nice. So, so yeah. nice for you as well to continue to yeah have be a musical, musical yeah, yeah musical side, which I can still express. Um, um, and yeah, I'm really use- hopefully I find it, you know I seem to be useful to the people that I'm working with, mm. so. And you have your own musical projects as well, do you? Yeah, I do. I kind of, I'm a bit sort of, I'm sitting on a few tracks right now, which I'm looking forward to bringing out, but I'm just waiting for the right time. I've got a music video that's already done. Um, I wrote a tune with my friend Chagall, who's, um, she's like an electronic artist, but she's been working with the Mimu gloves, which are like the electronic gloves where you can control on stage yeah, live, seen, yeah. it's the it's the company that was um, sort of I think founded mostly by Imogen Heap, and um, so yeah, it's wow. she's a, a, an amazing singer. She's doing really well, like traveling around the world at the moment and doing all kinds of TED talks and presentations and doing all her music as well. But she's an amazing singer. She's singing on this track, and it's 
yeah, I'm I'm sort of I'm looking forward to getting it out because it's yeah, you know. I've and what's got, the I've, what's the what's the vibe of the track? It's, it's kind of um, a bit Bjorky mm-hmm. in a way. I'm a big fan of like those types of genres: Radiohead, Bjork, um, Massive Attack. And I love the way that a lot of their music is so timeless feeling mm. um, to me, anyway. So um, that particular song is a bit kind of Bjorky. And would you say there's a certain artist that you, certain type of artist or a certain sound that you look to work with or you're, you just, are you completely open? Um, I'm, at the moment, I really love um, anything that inspires me, really. Um, I don't, I'm quite genreless as a person. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of like rock and metal, for instance, but I still love classical and I love everything in between. Um, so... But a lot of the stuff we have is jazz, and I absolutely mm-hmm. love that. And I love recording strings. And mm. um, so, is there like a not an application, but if someone wants to record here, mm. what's the process? You listen to their music and decide if it's something you want to. Essentially, yeah, yeah. In a sort of um, you know non-conceited way, it's it's mm. more of like what would suit the sound here, and how could I make it better? Um, but yeah, normally people get in touch, and then we we'll go from there if it's suitable. And in a percentage of sort of thumbs up to thumbs down, yeah, <laughs> is it is it more often thumbs up than is thumbs down, or um, how many sort of inquiries yeah. are you getting these days? Must be pretty busy. Yeah, I get loads. I mean, yeah. I'm working with um, I've been working with a jazz band in uh, Belgium. They're from Brussels. Mm. Is that a recent release? Yeah, oh, uh, I Commander it. Spoon, and it, they're just insanely good musicians. And I'm getting to, you know be part of the the journey that they're taking with their, their projects. So I'm um, working with a, a singer in Malaysia at the moment. Um, she's from London, but she actually lives in Malaysia and she's published out there. And, you know, it's wow. I'm, it's pretty nuts, the stuff I'm, and the people I'm getting to work with because of... And you know how they found out about you? It's normally word of mouth. Yeah. I don't advertise at all. So um, it's, it's normally people that are quite serious about what they want to do, which is always nice. It's like, um, it, it gives a different version. to just, If it's like easy, I think it would be a different vibe. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wouldn't be. Um, so yeah, it's it's normally just people that really want to make great music. And and in both cases, um, the jazz band from Belgium and the singer from yeah. say Malaysia. Yeah, Malaysia, yeah. That, as in they've been in the studio over in London or they've been, it's a long distance relationship. Well, the singer in Malaysia is long distance, yeah. That would, if it's like seven hours ahead or even more timeline-wise. It's so far. So the, the communication is quite interesting because uh, often she's asleep when I'm awake and vice versa. Mm. So, um, But the Belgian band actually got a megabus down to London to, <laughs> no to come down. And initially I thought that they were going to um, just like stick around for the mixing or at least like, you know, have a bit of input in. But they, they stayed here for an hour and they left and uh, it was just to, just to meet me, so... That was the purpose. Oh, so it was nice. really nice to That's meet cool. them, and yeah. And how much sort of creative input do you have? Does it does it differ from artist to artist? Are there some people that just want you to be sort of the sound guy? It's rare for that to happen. Yeah, I don't think that's happened more than once. Maybe um, I think people come here because of the sound that, that I can bring, including mm-hmm. th- through the studio as a medium. Yeah. So yeah, it's I normally get quite a lot of leeway, I guess. So you don't get much like pushback in terms of things, or is not it just much? More of a yeah, it's more like effort? just tone down that delay, or <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, 
often often I don't go far enough sometimes that you know I I've, I don't want to be too like intrusive they're like yeah come push it like put that compressor like crazy high and I'm like all right okay <laughs> obviously I have like my opinions about like whether something but if if I get that kind of you know mm-hmm. the permission then it, then it's all go and I love that and that often is the case so kind of test the waters and yeah and go from there really and are there have there been um times when it hasn't worked out as expected or it's been a bad experience for you or obviously um, you're not going to name names but <laughs> <laughs> yeah this person was great now um it's really rare i don't i don't really have many negative um situations here um i think that's because it's a, like hopefully my communication's good and i get that stuff out of the way before it gets to anything bad mm. um yeah honestly it's i i enjoy so much what i do and i think everyone can feel that so it's never really an issue I hope from what I know from what I can tell everything's yeah, great that's pretty special mm. you still have to you know it's still like a, it's, it's more down to a communication thing it doesn't have if you're asking someone what they feel about what you've done it's not necessarily a negative thing if they don't like it it's mm-hmm. just like oh okay cool now I know what you like and then you just move on from there mm. yeah I guess the reason I asked is because when you think of musicians often you think of divas and stuff, but do you find you're more working with different types of artists who are more sort of down to earth and yeah, um, absolutely, yeah. I've never really come across anyone who's like not nice to work with. Mm. Um, I suppose I suppose you can come across people that are just a little bit more like nitpicky in yourself, and as um, if there's only so much that is actually possible with the situation fixing things or like making things sound a certain way there isn't really much you can do more than that and if they're still trying to change things and it's not going to work or it doesn't sound right Mm. and you're not happy with that then that can be a bit uncomfortable but I think people come to me because they like the way things sound and the the way I can help make make things sound so um, and Wanstead as well being in Wanstead what's what's that like for you like the studio for you um, it's great it's absolutely great because Essentially, it's in it's in the middle of Epping Forest, and because of that, the air is like cleaner. It's not so it's not noisy at all, really. It's like it's amazing. the The nature can really. I think it's all part of like the hominess and the, the inspiration about creation mm. and being being able to just create freely. Um, so I think the location's really good because it's still London, but it's not you know central London or or even Hackney, which is like I can't even breathe when I go to Hackney. It's just like, <laughs> Yeah, I remember the first time I walked here. Um, I can't remember which station I got off. Black, what's it, Black? It was probably uh, Wanstead Park. I can't remember which it was, but I just walked up a long, long road that is just like forest either side. And I was just like, this is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't expect that at all. It really really makes a difference. And I think think that plus like when you come to a a family home, it kind of disarms the whole situation. Mm. Because people can come like feeling like... A bit apprehensive and tense, and not knowing how to react or what, what to expect, and then like all of a sudden they're at a house, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what? Am I yeah, in the right breaks place? the and, ice for sure. Yeah, it just it just takes all that away, and I, that's so important to to take away that ego before you even arrive to where you're going to create. Yeah, yeah, it's all about allowing yourself to be the vessel for me, and I think that's what I hope that's what everything here yeah, yeah. accumulates to in terms of its peak. Definitely. Right. Into it, yeah. We've got a few questions. I actually managed to... Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, right. I think I just got a notification on my phone about Glastonbury lineup, but surely that's not out. Yeah, I think it's um, Stormzy. Oh, is it? Stormzy? Yeah. He's the first one to be announced. Oh, wow, my girlfriend's going to be really jealous. <laughs> um, right, so if you had to do it again, yeah, building the studio, the studio yeah. what would you do differently? Um, I think I already kind of said it, but basically I would have, I would knock it down the whole, I would have knocked the whole building down and started again. Even if it turned out and looked exactly the same, I wouldn't mind that. But I think it would have been a lot quicker. I could have really like made everything really, I don't know, it's it's the perfectionist in me. I like things to be really strong. I probably would have put bollards all around the studio just because I'm just, you know, (laughs) a bit obsessive about things and, and like walls being strong and mm-hmm. the densest sound stopping uh, material and I think that's probably one of the things um, I think I would have implied is when we built the studio um, I had a vision of what the acoustics would be like um, before we implemented them Yeah, and when it came to the end of the process it was like okay let's do the acoustics and um it wasn't. It was more difficult doing it that that way than if we'd thought about the acoustics from the beginning, and the way that the rooms are laid out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think that would be something I would definitely do again. Is 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 design the studio with the acoustics in mind first, and then go through to the soundproofing because they're like two majorly different things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so if you're gonna <laughs> if you're going to set up a studio in any other city or country, where would you choose? Quite a nice question. Wow, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about this quite a lot, but <laughs> um I'd probably I was in it. it's something that's on your to to do list makes it sound well, trivial, but like a, <laughs> a goal. I don't know. I'd you know, I don't want to make the uh, the situation political, but the, the whole Brexit thing does like really scare me. Mm. And a lot of the music I work with and I admire comes from the mainland and so I don't I, I don't like feeling like my customer base is about to be stripped away from me and yeah. that my rights are going to be taken away. Um, so anywhere in Europe, essentially, like even Amsterdam's really beautiful and clean. Yeah. Um, I love the way that it makes you feel when you're there. I, th- I think it's amazing there. Um, somewhere in Italy, um, there's a beautiful lake. I can't remember what it's called now, um, but it was in the, the first James Bond scene, or the, the last James Bond with Daniel Craig mm-hmm. in the first film. And he shoots that guy, but that's that, there's a house there which is like a huge castle and the lake there. It's just like like heaven on earth to me. You've got it bookmarked for a yeah. studio. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way, you know, everyone wants to live there. So it's, it's just yeah. so beautiful. But that, something like that, something scenic, something that um, that can inspire you. So yeah. a place that you can be and have, you know, nature around you even more. Mm-hmm. I love like water yeah, and things like yeah. that. I really like, um, although like real world studios is a completely different vibe to this. I love the fact that it's it's focused around the view as well. Real, like say again, real world? Real world studios. So where Richard Spaven recorded oh, okay. his last project. Nice. Um, it's just like, yeah, loads of people work there only, but yeah. it's a, it's an incredible studio with a beautiful pond, like quite a big pond and what well, lake really. Yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Well, I guess you got as close to that as you could have hoped in terms of being in a yeah. sort of natural environment in yeah. lovely leafy. Yeah, yeah. Monster, it's close. Sure. It's close, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, what artists would you like to work with in the future? To make it a bit more interesting, let's say you're going to record a live session tomorrow in the studio. Who would you 
And you wow. can pick anyone and they're going to come down, re record a session and release it. Who would you pick? Um, probably Radiohead. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the, the idea of that and like having the production involved in terms of like an executive producer. Mm -hmm. So like working with equipment and getting that down and like effects in, like in real time and things like that. I really love the idea of that. Mm. Um, but I've, I've been lucky enough to not work with Radiohead, but um, work with another band recently um, called Sarava, and we've we've made a five track EP, and I was able to implement the sort of that kind of idea, the real time effects, and um, be the kind of producer yeah. as well. So, yeah, not Radiohead, but still really fun. And yeah. I really when's, enjoy that. when's that out? They've just released um, their first single ever, so like a fresh new act. The, the two brothers from Newcastle. And um, yeah, they're really great. Nice. Really nice guys. Fantastic. I'll be sure to check it out. Yeah. Um, first single was out. So yeah, check it out. Wicked. Pretty good. More to come from them. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we've got time for, I believe. Cool. Thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. It's been really, really interesting. And yeah, I'll see you soon. Thanks. Cheers. <laughs>